0: Chat with me. Come on and talk to me. I really want to know what you think. I want to hear your truth. I want to see what you see. Come on and talk to me. The girl loves it in this painful tree. I
1: want to
2: hear your truth. I want to see what you see. Come on
1: and
0: talk to me.
3: The girl loves it in this painful tree. I swear to God, <laughs> this might be the noblest of professions. Robin Williams had a bar that I loved. He said, Comedy is the only job you can have where you can use everything you know. And that's true. You can use more than you know. You can use what you think, use it. Don't be afraid. Don't let these bitch ass niggas button your lip. <laughs> Say it anyway. Hey
4: everyone, happy Thursday. Hope you guys are doing good. Thank you guys so much for joining me this evening. Y'all be having me dying in the chat with all the the gifts and the memes and the dancing emojis. So thank you guys so much. It's a lot to talk about tonight and I want to hear from y'all. It's a lot going on, especially in this world in general, but In the comedy community, a lot of conversations are being had. And a lot of these conversations have been had for the past few years. I've noticed it, but I've noticed a lot of things are getting worse. And after the little stunt that happened yesterday with T.I. and the female comedian Lauren Knight, um, I thought this would be a good episode to talk about all of this stuff. You know, we're living in such an overly sensitive world. There's a lot of PC culture. And now, you know, it seems like comedy is being greatly affected by this. So I want to go ahead and talk about that. But before I do, um, I want to play this video for you guys. It's funny. You guys just need to hear the audio. You don't necessarily need to see the visuals. But it's a young man. He's a comedian. His name is Long Beach Giffy. And he made this video back in 2018. Because I want to say that's really when this whole cancel culture, oh, I'm a victim. You know, everybody's a part of the Victim Olympics. You know, everybody wants to be a victim for something. And so I believe that it really took stronghold around 2017, 2018, and now we're in 2022. And, you know, things are just a mess at this point. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video for you guys. I want you guys to listen to this really quick.
5: How you
6: guys doing? Guys? um there are women in the audience as well right thank you get them saying guys women okay what about the transgender y'all too everybody y'all and everybody are not the correct pronouns to address someone exactly okay human not a pronoun i hope you have a daughter someday and someone calls her a human you transphobic bigot okay so this black guy walks into a bar was he discriminated against by institutionalized racism
3: uh no.
6: So racism doesn't exist. I didn't say that. What you not about to do, my brother? Mm-hmm. Is perpetuate a narrative that enables racism and gives them a reason to say racism is not real. Rich. I can't support someone who isn't racially biased like I am. My niggas is not white. Okay, like. Did you just speak Spanish? Oh my God! You're appropriating her. Latino Mm-mm. culture. Mm-mm. <sighs> oh my God. Oh my God! He just did an exasperated gasp. That's hate speech. You sexist, racist, cool, cool asshole Uncle bigot. I was just about to tell a joke. A joke. Jokes. Oh, a joke. Oh. A joke. What? No. What? what? It's 2018. You can't tell jokes. Jokes are hate speech. Boycott. You're an insensitive.
3: Boycott so we, march, right? we had Man.
6: so much respect for you until you made a joke about something we were sensitive about. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. You are the problem. Okay,
4: you're the problem. All right, so y'all just heard that. Now, he made that in 2018, okay? And it's so funny because, like I said, fast forward several years, and look where we're at now, where, I mean, it's literally a debate about this whole Will Smith thing. You know, was Chris Rock's joke too far? Was it, you know, just a regular joke And, you know, I grew up in a different era where, you know, we grew up with roasting your mama jokes. You couldn't even tell. I don't even think you can say your mama jokes anymore to kids on the playground, you know, because that's the thing that that taught us to be witty, to know how to defend ourselves with words. But these kids are so sensitive now. It's just it's really crazy. And it's like you can just say something without meaning to offend And somebody will take offense to everything. And I just think it's just really sad. And, you know, my whole thing is this. At this point in time, I think what really happened is like around 2015, 2016, you had the whole anti-bullying initiative, right? So it was a lot of this, you know, we can't bully. Bullying is not okay, which I agree with, you know, but when we were growing up, Bullying was definitely a thing. I was definitely bullied, as were many of you guys here in the chat. But it also taught us to be stronger. And eventually, we had to get up and deal with the bully. Sometimes you had to, you know, knock out one bully, and it shut it up the rest of the bullies from picking on you. You know, that's the generation we come from. But I understand, you know, it's a different generation. So there's all this anti-bullying thing. Because remember, there's a lot of kids back then you know, committing suicide on the internet and drinking bleach and, you know, all types of stuff. But I think at this point, it's anti-bullying gonna rise. Some For some reason, the whole anti-bullying situation, it ended up getting mixed in with the social justice situation. And now it's like, we've gone down a slippery slope that I don't think we can climb back from. And I think this is really the nuances of everything. And like I said, I feel like at this point in time, we're all running this race of trying to see who's the winner in the victim Olympics. Everybody's a victim. And at some point in time, if we're all victims, then who the hell's the winner? You know what I'm saying? Who's going to win this race if everybody's a victim? If you can't say anything, you can't even correct people without being accused of shaming. And the thing that's really disturbing is that we now live in an age where people are not only offended by everything, but they are ashamed of nothing. And if you don't understand how bad that combination is, I don't know what to tell y'all. Am I preaching right now? Okay? People are offended by everything, yet I'm still ashamed of nothing. Okay? The, thank you. The, it's the gaslighting anthem. I love that you posted that, Tara Rogers, in the chat. And it's really sad. I remember that whole Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumper situation. Y'all remember when they went on that whole boat tour where they just kept telling everybody their sex life. It had nothing to do with her music. Y'all are on The Breakfast Club, y'all were on Vlad TV. Just oh, we take girls, we meet them out of town, we just bust them down and we have threesomes. And I'm watching this and I'm saying, this is not cool. Whatever y'all doing, y'all's bedroom, that's your business. Y'all are grown. But why do you need to speak on this? And on every single radio station, you're putting this out there. And these are people who are looking to them as couple goals. You know what I'm saying? A a beautiful black couple. But they were making it look like, well, y'all's love is not even because y'all love each other. It's because y'all allow other people into your relationship. And I remember when I caught that out back then and I said, this is not a good look for Tiana because a lot of people really respected Tiana because when she first came out, her whole thing is I'm a virgin. I want to wait until, you know, I'm married or until I meet the right person. And a lot of people respected that. So then to go five years later, it's about busting down bitches and going, you know, out of town and we don't even know their name. Uh -uh, We don't, we just meet them. We don't, they're not coming home with us. We don't know their name. We don't know nothing. And they're just bringing them in and out the bedroom. And what ended up happening? People were telling me that I was being sex negative. They said, because I was calling them out and holding them accountable, I was shaming them. And I said, I'm not sex negative at all. Ain't nothing wrong with being a freak. But what I'm saying is that you need to understand your audience. And you need to also understand that you don't bring everybody into your bedroom. And you don't tell everybody your business. Because then what ended up happening? As many people that was cheering on that bullshit. How many of y'all bought her music? I'll wait. It's okay. I'll wait. Crickets. See, people love mess. People love muck. But how many people supported that Black woman's career? So much so, fast forward a few years later, she was on Twitter crying about how nobody's buying her music and how she's going to have to quit music and everything else. But people were here for the nastiness, the, the, the salaciousness, But none of that turned into album sales because why? She didn't make it about the music. She made it about her bedroom and it blew up in her face. So we can learn something from that. Sometimes being too, you know, team too much can be a lot. And then what ended up happening and you had people coming out, talking about they were pregnant by Iman and they were Iman's side chick. Some of them, you know, came out later on that it was lies, but people believed it because of how they were putting their relationship out there. So again, we now live in a day and age where people are offended by the smallest things, but they're not ashamed of anything, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and take some calls. I wanna know y'all's thoughts. How do y'all feel about the day and age that we're living in? You know, what do you guys think that's gonna happen to comedy? Because that situation that happened yesterday with T.I. and Lauren or the day before yesterday was really disturbing, you know, like him getting up on stage and going off on her. Now they have since made up. I don't know if y'all saw the video, and I can I can play a small snippet for y'all real quick so y'all can hear it. A lot of people are saying that basically she's only making up with him for clout, but they've somewhat made up and they did a video together. It's about a nine minute video. I'm just gonna play y'all quick one minute so y'all can hear this really quick before I start taking calls.
7: Y'all have been. No, he did not pay me.
4: I know y'all like. I never got one million dollars.
7: This nigga
3: has been
5: trying to give me fries.
3: But get what though. To make
8: it cool. She got
3: so much integrity.
5: She says she want to work. She want. She she want. She want to work for her shit. Mm-hmm. She 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 don't want all of her hard work to be about me. Period. And that shit there is respectable.
7: I want my BBL off merit. <laughs> but I will- Man, you need I
5: will take your deposit. Around, I'll take your. <laughs> now, don't get it twisted. I'll take your deposit. But I want to off, Mary. And for all y'all weird ass comedians. Stop. Hey, man. Hey, help. look, do the thing, bro. Anybody who my partner, man, don't be out there threatening or intimidating nobody on my name, bro. I don't fuck around. I don't I'm fuck sure. around. I don't, I don't, that ain't high. That ain't high. I don't play like that. You know what I mean? If anything, bro, like I told you, I I want
4: to come to an understanding. All right. So y'all just heard that. I don't know about y'all, but it sounds like damage control to me. Because people are tired of folks, you know, wanting to preach to people, you know, wanting to like tell jokes and be comedians. They want to dish it, but then they can't take it. So let me go ahead. Raise your hand if you want to speak. I'm going to bring you on stage. I'm going to bring a few people on stage. Make sure you're muted until I call your name, please. Okay, let me go ahead and start with Miss Scully B. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey you guys, hey T. Hey, how are you?
1: I'm good. Sorry, I'm eating ice. So <laughs> if y'all hear me crunching and smacking, that's what it is. Um, I just wanted to say I'm with you on um on, you know, I grew up in in a time where, you know, you could just you could roast people. As far as you know, if they were bothering you or
4: something like that, and now it's like if you do that, you bullying them, okay, so you're saying that back in your day <laughs> you guys were able to roast people,
1: yeah, you know, and, and I grew up being bullied too, you know what I'm saying, but i didn't I didn't learn mm-hmm. how to um combat that till maybe about middle school, you know, and it was wit comedy, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like now you do you remember? um like some years ago
4: um they had this show on mtv called your mama you remember that Uh
9: uh-huh
4: yeah the matter of fact the co-host on there the black dude sam spurpon Mm -hmm. i was really cool with him in la he ended up committing suicide unfortunately but I was real cool um, with him. Yep. So yep. Yeah, him no and idea. um Wilmer Valderrama. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, that was a whole show. Your Mama, to moderate and all that stuff. Exactly. Remember that? That
0: was one of my
1: favorite freaking comedy shows. And can you imagine mm-hmm. that show being on the air in twenty twenty two? You know what I'm saying? They would be right. calling all types of people like, oh, we don't want this show on a on a you know, it's like, come on. And I feel like some of these, some of these people in the audience or whatever, whether whether they celebrities or not, if you feel like you can't take a joke, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a regular
4: joke or a joke about you, then you need not be there. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. That's what I never understood. Like why go to a comedy show to just be mad and have your arms crossed? Why are you there? it ain't exactly. like it's free
1: you paid money <laughs> yes, exactly i remember when tiffany haddish first came out um when she was still like you know before she blew up she was still doing comedy shows in cali you know and i was living in cali at the mm-hmm. time so i actually got to see her twice in um you know in in um, in the show basically and both times she was headlining and it was so memorable mm-hmm. because, like, the first time it was so funny. Like her wig was getting on her nerves. She literally snatched her wig off on stage, guys. Like it was so funny. That <laughs> 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 <I, laughs> was a such ratchetry. <laughs> but oh my goodness, she was going off on people in the audience because they were they were saying some stuff, and you know she just started like going kind of not going back and forth, but she was just like, you know, like roasting some of the audience members.
0: And it was funny.
4: You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? (laughs) And that's how it was. Remember, did you grow up watching Comic View? That was one of the big things that we loved. Yes, that that was one of my favorites too. Lil' JJ. And what what was the other one coming to the stage? Was that it? Yeah, I liked it back in the day how D.L. Hughley, he'd have no problem checking people exactly the islands, right there on bt it would turn into a whole roast fast right and these days you
1: you try and do that now oh you cancel and that's what i don't like i don't like yeah. that because this whole will smith situation and now even you know the whole ti situation it's like it's giving people um like leeway to think that it's okay to just go up and and hickle a comedian because you don't like what they're saying or you don't like the joke that they made you know what i'm saying you're not the Mm -hmm. only person in that audience maybe the 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 rest of the audience didn't like the joke either but if it was a bad joke it was a bad joke it was still a bad joke and there's no no reason for you to walk your happy ass up on stage and bother the comedian because you don't like what they said exactly you could just the, the same way you walk up on stage you could walk your ass out the door that's how right. I feel. Right. And I feel
4: like if you can't take a joke, stop taking your ass to comedy shows. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Miss Scully Beers. Get talking to you. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye. You know, she's absolutely right. And the thing is, just because you're offended does not mean that you're right. Because people think, like, because, they, oh, I'm offended. Oh, I'm bothered. Okay. And just because you're offended by something does not make you necessarily right and does not mean that everybody else is offended. You know, so that's another thing that people need to understand as well. So let me go ahead and bring on Chanel Irvin. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Okay, she's not ready. Uh, Christina, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey T. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? Good
7: good okay so yeah i was calling in. i wanted to speak on this because i do believe that comedy is it might not be dead yet but it's dying off due to people being so offended um mm-hmm. even back with the when the day Chappelle got into it about the lgbtq plus uh comment they felt that he made it was they were they were offended and i follow along beachy griffey i remember when he made that video that you had just played and he had got a lot of backlash for that
4: oh did he really
7: Yes, he had got a lot of back he had made another video about the backlash he got on that video.
4: Ooh, so wow. it had How been got backlash from that.
7: Yeah, because you know, we are in that time where everybody wanna be mm. still offended if you call them the wrong adjective or whatever. So, um also, what I was gonna say, um, I grew up in that era too with the comic comic view and all of that on B E T and even with like um Steve Harvey and um, Bernie Macmill back then they would say anything mm-hmm. especially about the LGBTQ plus community like that was a big thing people talked about back then even on TV shows you would hear stuff about you know just jokes about anything
6: mm-hmm.
7: and you you just had to take it if you was offended you just was offended because no one cared even if you got mad like you, like they said you can't just walk on stage and react or even when Nene Leakes told that lady the, about, you know, about being R'd, go, go get r by the Uber driver or whatever, even mm-hmm. though I don't feel like Nene Leakes is a comedian and she shouldn't have said that. Um, the lady was, she, even though she tried to say she was defending herself because the lady was heckling her,
10: mm-hmm.
7: comedians, I feel like comedians get heckled all the time and they just take it and they make right. jokes. So mm-hmm. in return, they make the joke. You heckled them. Now, you know, so it's like it's a, it, it's it's sad to see how comedy is going in this direction because I really like different comedy shows and mm-hmm. I understand that we all want to be respected. I re, I can respect that everybody wants respect. Is that at the end of the day? But um, we most of us know that as far as comedy is no, it's kind of like a no holds bar. Mhm. Even like when you watch um, what's that show with Nick Cannon? Wild and Out. Wild and Out. You know, they used to say whatever on Wild and Out they don't, I, I've
4: never watched it like that. So have they kind of chilled out on some of the roasting and gagging and
7: stuff or no? Uh, As far as I had started watching in the beginning, it was, it, you know, they was kind of going on each other. But they, mm-hmm. I feel like they have and I kind of slowed down on watching, especially after that one girl who got offended, um, the one that's always ranting and raising, um, Azalea Banks.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. So, um, but. It's like it's not even comedy. It's even if you just say something that you stand for. Somebody else don't stand for the same thing you stand for. Now they're offended. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to even just stand for something or just like come out of your confines and say, like, I don't agree with what you agree with. Now you offended. I'm I'm a hater uh, or I'm a homosexual or I'm a fat phobic or whatever the case may be is it it's like you can't even hold a conversation with somebody because you never know what might trigger them
4: yeah that's true political correctness well thank you so much christina for calling in it was good talking to you sis thank you have a good night you too bye bye so i want to quote i'm gonna bring some more people on i don't know why the thing was beeping though while i was on the phone with scully that's weird because it's never done that before but let me uh grab some more people So let me uh, read to y'all real quick um, a quote from George Carlin. And George Carlin is one of my favorite comedians, him and Martin Lawrence. Um, You know, I have several that I love. You know, I grew up on Martin Lawrence's You So Crazy. I remember us quoting that in like junior high, just quoting everything. Well, we're moving on down, (laughs) you know, like doing a little dance and everything. And, you know, Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker, like these comedy shows were like, It was so much for us. And I think even watching that is even where I get some of my comedic humor from, you know, watching the greats like these, these guys, right? So George Carlin said this. He says, political correctness is America's newest form of intolerance. And it is especially pretentious because it comes disguised as tolerance. It presents itself as fairness. Yes, attempts to restrict and control people's language with strict codes and rigid rules. I'm not sure that's the way to fight discrimination. I'm not sure silencing people or forcing them to alter their speech is the best method for solving problems that goes much deeper than speech. So that was something that George Carlin said and I definitely agree. You know, I think a lot of this censorship, people being offended, people being super sensitive, a lot of it also boils down to to political correctness. So let me go ahead and bring on Camp P. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
11: Hey, T. Hey, everybody. How are you? How
4: are you? I'm (laughs) I'm good.
11: Thank you. Close the door so y'all don't hear the kids. Okay. I took notes. So let me pull out my notes real quick. (laughs) As far as T.I., I I think T.I. is corny for what he did. He definitely assaulted that comedian. I know they made up and they're all good now, but, uh, if sis was real, she could have probably pressed some charges and could have possibly be getting something going behind him. And he needs to give her her million dollars. Cause he clearly said on, uh, Instagram or whatever that mm-hmm. post was that, yeah, I'll give you a million dollars. And she showed the receipt. So he needs to pay her up. That's neither here nor there. Um, when you touched on about the anti-bullying, um, I kind of I was and wasn't like, a a, I guess, a fan against the anti-bullying movement. I do understand it, obviously, because some kids, you know, like you were saying, were committing suicide. I think what perpetuated the bullying the most, though, really is social media, because Mm. back in the day when we were younger, and used to have to take, you know what I'm saying? People talking stuff about you. You could at least escape and get home and right. have pick up a device and have to mm-hmm. see that same person or, you know, bully or whoever the person was, you know, talking smack about you. And now you get to see it on this international platform. So then you have people from all over the world that they have a specific amount of followers, you know, then kind of jumping on there and getting to say whatever they want to say. So that does also make the situation even worse. So I kind of feel social media perpetuated bullying to another level um, did. because yeah. when we
4: were younger like you said you know if we were picked on it stayed at your school exactly. and sometimes it didn't even trickle into your neighborhood right if your school yeah. wasn't in the neighborhood so it just stayed at school you could still play with your neighborhood friends and Absolutely. if the bullying went on in your neighborhood at least you know you had the safety of your classroom yeah. and either way when you went in the house there were no computers there were no cell phones so you were good but with these kids you know, it's, and, we, and it's so easy to say, well, just stay off the internet. Well, everything right. is on the internet. They have to do their homework on the internet. Right. They have to, you know, use their phones to call people and people are messy. So they'll yes. send screenshots. They'll send links. Oh, look what such and such said. Right. So yeah, you're definitely right. Social media definitely upped that bullying absolutely
11: and also with those screenshots then you can start group chats and then include Mm -hmm. you know the kids or whoever may be bullying in the group chat too so it just yes it's it's these phones and technology is good and bad to all of it of course but a lot of it is uh, i don't know uh my other point was i also enjoy comedy shows i'm actually going to a comedy show tomorrow um my husband and i actually plan to go to detroit and see chris rock there um he is coming here we live in cleveland um But uh, we had already went downtown and saw Dave Chappelle there, so we kind of wanted to change the scenery. So we were thinking about seeing him.
12: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. (laughs) Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with Shopify. You'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
11: Detroit. Um, Also uh, when it comes to like comedians and sometimes some comedians are going to say things that can be offensive to some people Um, such as like Corey Holcomb. I personally am not a Corey Holcomb fan. I know some people don't, Mm. you know, they ride or die for him. They love him, but the stuff that he says, yeah, I I can't do it. So guess what? I don't go to a Corey Holcomb show. Right.
13: It's just that that simple. If you don't like
4: somebody, you don't like their humor. Why would you even waste your energy and time going to go see them? Right. Why click on a YouTube video, you know, and have right. to watch their content
11: if you don't even like it. If you don't like it, just keep it pushing. But mm-hmm. um, I also wanted to touch on kind of because, you know, you do your 20 energy and esoterical um, bits sometimes times um, with Joe Rogan. I think it's very interesting that right now um, he actually is. Is but isn't, you know, kind of being silenced with the whole Spotify situation. But he, too, is and was a comedian. And I just thought, hmm, how interesting that it kind of, you know, as far as like Slapgate, you know, and with it being more like mainstream, he kind of like sparked that comedian having to be silenced kind of bit a little bit. I thought that was kind of interesting or the correlation. And then um, last but not least, I just was going to say the, cho- uh, the joke about Jada. Um, really, it was more, I have just, I guess, had an awakening and am not a Jada Pickett Smith fan. And I just kind of actually feel bad for Will because I'm seeing that, you know, she does not really have his back. Like, you know, she pretends to be. And, um, the joke itself, like it sparked something so much more when it really like it it wasn't even that serious. And I just feel like we're all now, of course, uh, talking about it everywhere because, you know, obviously there was some assault that was involved in it, but it's like it was just literally over a joke. Ha ha, you know, like move on. Like people have said worse things, but
4: yeah, so it is Definitely. Well, so. thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking yeah. to you, sis. Thanks for having me. Y'all have okay. a good evening. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know, but it's now been reported that a source close to Jada they did an interview with People Magazine, and, you know, she's basically come out and said that she does not agree with, you know, the way Will Smith handled it, that he shouldn't have slapped uh, Chris Rock. And, you know, that kind of bothered me because I'm like, okay, y'all was the same ones a year ago screaming, we ride together, we die together, bad marriage for life. Ma'am, you shouldn't say anything. At this point, he got up there and basically Ruined his reputation because now we see Will Smith is a, you know what I'm saying? He's a hood booger after all, right? We didn't think that. We thought, you know, he was super classy in Hollywood. Like, damn, Will Smith still got some hood in him. So he basically really ruined his reputation globally. You know, like people seem in a whole different light. He assaulted someone. So I think at this point, Jada, if this is real, she just needs to not say anything. If you're not going to have his back and just say, you know what? that's my husband and I'm sticking with them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think her now trying to low-key come out and condemn. It's a little bit too late for that. Because if you're going to condemn, you should have grabbed them at that point in time. And you know what I found weird? I don't know if y'all peeped this, but if you guys go back and you watch those other angles that were online, um, where you see the situation from like behind Will and Jada, if you guys watch it closely, when he starts screaming and saying, keep my wife name out your effing mouth. When he starts doing that, Jada is looking straight ahead. It's the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Cause remember when we were looking at it from the forward part, we didn't see Jada. We just saw Lupita Niango and her reaction to Will Smith. Jada is looking straight ahead. And I thought that was so weird because your husband is here literally screaming at the top of his lungs trying to defend you and you're not even looking his way it was like the weird if y'all see that angle it is so weird she does not glance over at him she doesn't look at him she's not saying because i'm thinking she's gonna have her arms like well you know chill chill out nothing she's just looking straight at the stage it's like the weirdest thing it's the weirdest thing i just i don't know so anyways let me go ahead and bring on selena gray go ahead and unmute your microphone hi t hello how are you I'm good. How are you? I'm doing
2: good. Hi. Good. Hi, Tisa. So I just wanted to make some points. Like when it comes to the Will Smith and uh, T.I., I just feel like they really took on, like, um, not even saying the weakest links, but people that they thought they could just, uh, you know, get away with that. Like I said, if there was a, I'm thinking to myself, if there was a stronger comedian on the uh, Oscars, you know, up there, like a Steve Harvey or J- Dave Chappelle. I think uh, I think Will would have thought twice of even going up up there. And then Mm -hmm. with the same thing with T.I., was he hacking other guys? And there's a that's a woman. The way he disrespected that girl and was so mm, how he talked to her and just was Mm -hmm. yelling profanity to her. Again, another black woman that he was just doing like so down and nobody even defended the lady, like all these right. bodyguards standing in front of right. the stage. nobody saying, hey, T, you know, calm down or just take the mic away from him. They was so.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, sis, what I said on my live stream, people thought I was, you know, overreacting. I said on my live oh. stream that protect black woman mantra oh. has been bastardized.
14: Oh, that wow. mantra
4: is only to protect people that they deem worthy, meaning Oof. celebrity black women, women who look a certain way, who may be more palatable. But when it comes to the average black woman, you are on your own because not one man said, T.I., chill out. Not even his own security guards pulled him back and said, you know, this is not a good look. They allowed him to get up there and get in her face and, you know, try to hug her. So that's what I'm saying. This whole protect Black woman, that's why I wasn't buying it when they were doing it for Jada. Because that's the only time you hear protect Black woman when it's somebody on Jada Pinkett's scale.
2: There, there you I watched your whole live about it. I was agreeing with everything you said. And he just showed, again, a great example, this whole T.I. situation. Black mm-hmm. men insulting a, a Black woman right there. And no one is doing anything. So, again, like, it's just, like you said, it just pertained to the celebrities and no one else, us regular people at all. So that was my whole thing about that one. And then when it comes to uh, Jada and Will again over there, Jada laughed when he, when the time when Will uh, Will Smith slapped uh, Chris, she Mm -hmm. laughed about it. There's an angle from the back where she just, she actually went down, like, she just gave that smirk of, like, you know, "Ah or whatever, just laughing about it. So how are you going to say, oh, uh, what I, He shouldn't have done it I don't agree with what he did you, It was a whole comedy for you Oh look what he's doing for me Like she took it as a whole joke It was so mm-hmm. bad So now she wants to come and clean They're all now trying to just clean themselves Oh we didn't And now T.I. also with this girl Oh I didn't do No 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 We ask as people looking from the outside We, we already know what it is That was yeah. just bad both ways
4: Yeah it really was And you know unfortunately It's like is this going to set a precedence now where now, let's say we mm-hmm. take it outside of comedy. I'm in the grocery store, you know, online. I might be on the phone and say something you don't like. Can you turn around now smack me because you're oh, offended? Oh my goodness. You know, so it's like, you know, yeah. just like, you know, the scope of like this and where it can go to me is just really sad. And it, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. at one point, do we hold people accountable? as far as like you know your own self-control. Like people are gonna say things true
2: that you don't like all the time. That does not mean that you have the right to react. That is so true. And just because it's Will Smith as well doesn't make it right. I just hate the fact that they even allowed him to even keep sitting there, keep doing all these things, go back on stage. Like like normal, like it's okay. Like that's why mm-hmm. that other comedian um there was a the inter the the white um The comedian that said he but he felt so despicable that the fact that they even gave him a stand standing ovation when he went to go get his reward you just did this to another black man and it's like nothing just happened because it's will smith that's ridiculous but thank you so much t definitely thank you for giving me that opportunity definitely thank you bye good night T. thank you bye
4: all right let me go ahead and bring on some of the fellas here um Kareem Henry, can you go ahead and unmute your microphone? Kareem? Okay, he must not be ready. Um, let's see here. Melvin?
3: Hey, what's going on, T?
4: Nothing. How you doing, Melvin?
3: Chilling. It's good to talk to you. Um... Thank you.
4: So what do you think about all this political correctness, Folks getting up on stage. Do you think that comedy is dying? I honestly
14: don't
3: think it's dying.
4: Think we can't hear you, brother. You like far away.
3: Can you can you hear me now?
4: Okay, that's better.
3: Um, I personally don't think it's sh- it's dying. I think it's shifting.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, because I I know how culture moves right differently, right? So, you know, years ago we couldn't say certain things, or we could get away with certain things, and then once we learn more information we kind of shifted how we how we dealt with stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I know somebody was like, oh, well, we, we used to be, be able to tell like gay jokes and all this other kind of stuff and people just have to take it. The issue is social media, 24 hour news, all this kind of stuff hits us and it's a whole bunch of overloading information. So now people are reacting to that as well as all this, I guess, disrespect. And they're like, well, now I have a microphone. I can tell you I don't like none of the stuff you're doing. Now, they don't have Mm -hmm. to go to none of the shows, right? They don't have to go to any of that. They don't have to engage with the content. But comedians have been getting run up on for years. It's just like more of a spotlight on it now. Because remember, Cat Williams got the gun pulled on him. Mm -hmm. Or or the dude dropped the gun when he was chasing him, allegedly. But that woman started that at the radio station, and Cat just roasted the hell out of
13: her. Right. Um,
3: And she just couldn't take the jokes. And she also wasn't that good of a comedian. But I don't think it's necessarily dying just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if people are smart comedians they know how to tell a joke anyway right but
4: but what if you can't talk about certain topics you you know what I'm saying because like I said when I went to the last Cat Williams show usually when Cat Williams does his comedy shows he talks about things that's going on in the culture right he talks about you know political stuff and you know conspiracies all he did was talk about Coochie literally for a whole 30 minutes (sighs) All the females were just like, what the hell?
3: That sucks (laughs) because I actually like him.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it was just like, after a while, we were just so, I mean, the guys were laughing, but like all the females that were there were just all giving each other this look like, what the, like, okay, we get it. It was funny the first five minutes, but now we're 40 minutes in. So that's my issue. It's like, it's not even about offending somebody like, okay, fine, I don't want to talk about LGBT, I don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter, but it's like certain topics now, you don't even want to touch on because you don't know who's going to record, you know, take offense, because like you said, now we're in this whole 24-hour news cycle, and everybody has a voice now. Any yahoo can, you know what I'm saying, start a podcast or start a YouTube channel and rat and rave.
3: Oh, most definitely, and there's some people that definitely don't need a mic, um, but yeah. they get them, and they, they get all over the internet, and they slander somebody, or they tell, like, a whole bunch of lies. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I only think it's shifting i do think some people are more sensitive and i did go back have a back and forth between people trying to mm-hmm. tell people how um even though i personally think that will smith chris Rock thing was more um staged because hollywood is long game and we're responding to the right now situation i gotta wait like a year or two before i actually believe it's real because mm-hmm. i don't know exactly how this is going to turn out so i'm waiting but okay. as far as the ti situation i was like this is very similar so, what y'all just said Will shouldn't have done. Even though he didn't hit her, he knew he couldn't hit a woman on stage because she's a woman. You hit her, right. your career is definitely over. And so he couldn't do that. But what he did was invade her space while she was doing her job. He disrespected her, took the mic out of her hand aggressively. And then he hugged her and she didn't ask for that hug. So it's like people were trying to defend that and say, oh, well, it's not that that much of a, a the same thing. But I was like, it's very close. And so like people are defending one and then letting the up uh, saying the other one is like really wrong. So I'm trying to figure out are we gonna be consistent in the way that we handle this or or not? You know?
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's,
3: it's really crazy. Okay,
4: but well, thank you so thank much. You, for you made a lot chat. of good points. Definitely. You have a good evening. You too. All right, let me go ahead and bring on Ayana. Ayana, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Hi Miss T, how
12: are you? I'm good. How about you? Oh my gosh, I'm fine. So I just wanted to say I definitely do think that comedy is dead. Um, I've been to about two comedy shows. One was to DL Hughley, mm-hmm. and the other one was Marla Wayne's. Mm. And both shows, I honestly feel like the openers were better than the performers. Okay, so I'm not alone in that. Both shows. Wow. DL, so he came to the uh, Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. I'm just excited. (laughs) Um, He came to the funny bone and his openers, I swear I was uh, his opener was like Bodacious or Bo something.
4: I mean I was crying. We can never remember them openers names child because I don't know my opener but she was funny.
12: And he literally he was so uncensored. He was talking about literally everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. No filter and that's what I appreciated. And DL I kind of knew what I was getting into. He talked about COVID and um like what's going on in the world of course Mm
15: -hmm. but
12: I just started yawning looking at my watch like I think it's just time to go it's like he ran out of content then he starts picking on people in the crowd but he was still kind of just watered down
9: like wasn't really
12: picking on anybody like hey what's your name oh it sounds like this that and the third and then Marlon once again he came to the funny bone and I was expecting a lot from him because I really like him Mm -hmm. and literally all he did was just Shell his ass like dropped his pants shelled his ass and started hopping around on stage yeah, yeah he literally showed it. his butt cheeks yeah he dropped it down Never we really all saw it. it and i was like is this the best that you can do and then he was like all right y'all have a good night that's that's all i remember in all honesty i'm sorry <laughs> that's all i remember is just those ass cheeks because i remember see i usually just see his butt in every movie that he's in and i was like okay this is just nothing new it's just in real life <clears throat> But it's just not worth the money anymore. And after, you know, I'm just about 22. Like if this is happening at my age right now, I just don't think any other comedy show I'll go to will be better unless I'm seeing Mm. a local stand up comedian who is uncensored, who isn't scared about getting canceled on the Internet. And I'm not trying to be rude, but really doesn't have much to lose because they're not as big as a comedian as like you said, a Cat
4: Williams, a Martin Lawrence or something like that. Now, if you're saying this at the tender age of 22 and you're seeing this, you weren't even around for, like, deaf comedy jam and, you know what I'm saying, the early BT comedy. Because you're only 20. You're, like, my child's age. So you weren't born. So you don't even know. Like, I mean, you'd have to go back on YouTube and watch a lot of those old videos. So imagine us who were born into that culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you guys are seeing this at 22, imagine all of us in our late 30s and 40s who are just like, this is just not the comedy that we're used to at all. And we understand that times change, but you know, a lot of it too is like fake outrage. Let me just find something to be mad at. I remember uh, like back in the day, I would always say, you know, when I would come onto Twitter, I'd be like, "Uh, what's up Twitter, what we mad at today? Yeah. That was like my greeting, what are we mad at today? Because every day it was something, every day there was a trend of somebody being mad about something. What are we offended about today? Exactly and um <laughs> of being too sensitive
12: i excuse me if i'm wrong but i don't think that every child should get a, a trophy even if they lose in like a sports event or whatever i'm like a really i'm a strong believer on if you lose you know, I might, you might get a high five, but she don't get a plaque, a trophy
4: or whatever. It's just right. it doesn't teach these kids anything. Yeah. You know, the whole everybody gets a trophy. Well, then what are you aiming and striving for? Because the whole point of sports is to build sportsmanship, one. And sportsmanship loo- uh, teaches you that it's OK to lose. And yes. you're supposed to try harder the next time. But this whole, oh, there's a 50 point lead. Turn yes. off the scoreboard. Well, no, you tell the losing team who's losing by 50 points to step their game up. You should be embarrassed that you're losing by 50 and they're, you know, at 70, 80 points. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like things are so backwards now. Like back in the day, I remember in high school when boys were, you know, trying out for like basketball, football, they put the list. Who remembers that? Put a teacup. They put a list in front of the whole school on who made it. Tell me I'm lying. It'd be a whole list. Uh, Rasheem Smith. Keyshawn Johnson, Billy <laughs> Snow, it'd be a whole list. And then you see the boys, they walk up there, they look, and the ones who didn't have their name on the list, they walk away with their head held down. Okay, oh it sucks you didn't make it. And then the ones who made it, they be giving each other high five. But it's okay. We didn't climb the ones who didn't make it. But mm-hmm. it's like this, you know, like it was public information. Now it's all this whispering. Oh, uh, you made the team, but don't say yep. anything. Oh, well, uh, such and such didn't make the team but you know we can't let him know because his parents will be offended so he's just going to sit on the bench because he's technically a part of the he's going to be the 20th person I've seen basketball teams no why sis with literally 20 kids oh I'm like all these kids why are they here you don't need 20 kids to play on one team just lined up because they don't want to cut anybody because the parents are sensitive and the kids are sensitive child tell me back to the 90s hoodie and it's just like, you know, <laughs> even as like a younger
12: kid, me five years old playing in the YMCA. Oh, y'all lost, but here's these medals, and you get to take a picture with the with the coach, and we're gonna take mm-hmm. you all get some pizza. And then my mom was even like, "What is she getting a trophy for?" And she didn't win anything. Well, ma'am, nowadays, you know, <laughs> all of our kids are they all succeed, and as long as they try, they're all winners.
4: I'm yeah. like. What? <laughs> Stacy said in the chat, they used to do that with honor roll too. Sure did. Oh, I would love when they'd have that list and have my name right up there, such and such, made the be be honor roll. Y'all see my name? I bring my friends. I see my name up. Be honor roll, where your name at? You yeah. know, that was, it was like a bragging right. But now it's like we shame kids for being smart. We shame kids for making the honor roll and getting good grades. But then we'll reward the kids who are out here doing, you know, just all types of reckless stuff. Exactly. It, it's sad it's sad but thank you so much for calling it was good talking to you sis
12: thank you have a good one everybody bye bye
4: and make sure y'all can give people diamonds just hit their face double tap their face twice but yeah we live in a different you know in a strange world child let me go ahead and bring on nina nina go ahead and unmute your microphone
8: hi everyone um, I, oh my God, I love you. Um, I just wanted Thank to come you. on here and say that I, I personally love how you make sure that our generation knows like this isn't real life. Like all of this sensitivity and all this other crap, it's it's crap, right? Like yeah. I graduated in 2013. Yeah. All of this non man behavior I see going on, like like I said, it's it's giving very much stunt queen. Like if you know you that someone saying a little weak joke should not know. Like, it shouldn't warrant all of this. And what bothers me is how, like, there's no personal responsibility for any of this. Like, Ricky Gervais went on there and exposed the entirety of Hollywood, exposed, like, y'all can sit here and be so mad because, oh my God, the poor rainforest that you, you know, Fly your private jet all over the world, you know. Oh my mm-hmm. God, Jeffrey Epstein! But y'all were all kicking it with him not five seconds ago. Hillary and Trump got all types of pictures, and the moment they were against each other, they started cutting ass. So at the end of the day, they're all fake and fugazi. And so what I see is the bigger picture, and what I see, quite frankly, and what what bothers me is these are not the black men that I grew up around, right? Mm. These are not the black men that I grew up around, where you know what? I'm not even going to engage you like that. We could take it outside. I'm not going to have you disrespect my wife if I feel that type of way. You know, if I'm really that nigga at the end of the day, excuse my language. You're not going to even crack a joke like that about my wife because you know it'll be on site, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't see nobody cracking jokes like they've been talking wild about Beyonce since the beginning of her career. Did you see her get up there and and act a fool at any at any platform or did she go into her career, get in her bag and do what she needed to do? People still right. talk. What? I'm out here. I'm out here living my life. Like, period. So I just don't understand. It's not the new generation. It's the parents of the new generation sitting here talking mm-hmm. about everybody needs a reward, everybody needs this, and everybody needs that. Because trust me, I'm around kids with psychiatric issues all day. These kids cut ask like nobody else. Queer kids, straight kids, black kids, white kids. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the idiot parents and the idiot school boards. Like, I'm queer you i'm not sitting here bothered over nobody making a gay joke we cut ass just like everybody else so i just don't understand and and what bothers me the most is that people can sit on the internet on this cancel stuff but y'all know behind the scenes y'all are making the same type but nothing has changed Mm -hmm. comedy is not dead you're just putting it in silence and the problem with putting any type of situation in silence is that's where that actual biggest bigotry and actual dangerous thinking festers and grows like you no, I want you to wear your weirdo on the outside. I want you to be open and honest about who you are at all times because nothing that you say is gonna stop what's going on over here. I don't care. Yeah. Like that.
4: So I just don't And wanna- I'm glad you made that point. You know, like you said, you're LGBT. And you can take a joke, but they make it seem like you know, mm-hmm. all people who are LGBT are just so sensitive, you can't say anything. And it's like all my friends who are LGBT, they are the most roasting. Yes. You know, and they got jokes about everybody. So I'm oh like, who are God. all these sensitive people on Twitter? Because all my friends do is roast and gag and talk shit.
8: And what's craziest to me is it be the straights, right? It's it's like that fake woke, oh, you know. Oh, you can't say anything about black people. Meanwhile, black people don't care. You can't say anything about queer people. Mm-hmm. The queer people don't care. And the actual bigots will sit here and attack us over stuff that the 2% of people at the very, very top are making rules about. Meanwhile, y'all aren't doing anything about the gay panic murder defense. Y'all aren't really doing anything that will actually positively impact the gay community. You know why? Because you want to cancel the conversation. That's what you want to do. Save all the the taking on the statues and canceling Aunt Jemima like she has anything to do with what's going on. Save that for the very end. If you cancel the conversation, the actual psycho-political conversation where reparations can even begin to happen, where red and reconciliation can begin to happen then you actually don't have to pay out no dividends you actually don't have to make anything right you can just put it in the dark and leave it alone but at the end of the day mm. people aren't like that right so to me yeah, it's offensive yeah. to me and my ancestors for you to sit here and be like oh you know we'll, we'll cancel on jemima that's good enough right no it ain't good enough
4: period it's just it's it's all symbolic gestures it's all symbolic
8: doing nothing about it period mm-hmm.
4: So you made some good points, sis. You made some really good points. Thank you. I love you, T. You already know you that. I love life. you too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for calling in, sis. Good talking Stay to safe you. Out
8: here, because people wilding.
4: They are. She made some awesome points, you know, and that's what I love. This is what this is about. It's about hearing from everybody from every spectrum, you know what I'm saying? Because again, I feel like a lot of the people who are sensitive online it's literally left online. They're not really that sensitive in the real world, but everybody wants to try and find some type of attention. And victimhood is popular nowadays. It just is, unfortunately. So let me go ahead and bring on young Kobe. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Okay, none of the guys are ready. Vic, can you go ahead and unmute your microphone? Hello. Hi, how are you?
16: I'm good, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Well, talk to you, whatever. Anyway, I have so many points, but uh, let's let's get started. So first things first, I want to say, I don't think it's dead. I think it's more so the infantilization that the government and the technocracy is placing on us. Like I'm grown. I don't need YouTube or anybody to tell me what I can and cannot see, you know, or can or cannot say. That's the first thing. But with that, let me educate y'all real quick with one little question. The only person, there was only one person back in the day who was allowed to make fun of the king. Guess who it was? The jester? It was the jester. It was the jester, which brings me to another festivity that was back in the day. It was called, I think, the Day of the King or Day of the Mad King, whatever. It, you were taking the, the, the pissiest, drunkest morpho around, and you were putting him in the outfit of a king or a pope. Two people you could not disrespect back in the day. But once, once a year, you were allowed to. The population was going in on them. Because you need to, to let the population have a, a, a way to vent and let that steam go out uh, of the valve. Because if you don't, guess what happened? You and your queen might get your head chopped out. Okay, yeah. shout out to friends. Bonjour. So, yeah, you need Are to you let the population... <laughs> I, I am, I am. Cause I hear that
4: French accent.
16: Bonjour. I am, bonjour, hello, comment ça va? <laughs> so.
4: what's
16: you doin', Titi? Yeah, I'm one, one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very important to let people have a way to vent Because like the, the previous um, caller I, I'm also gay and black You ain't about to tell me shit you, Probably y'all heard my voice and you said Oh no, another faggot But guess what? In real life, it's going to be all teeth And you're going to keep that the table talk where it should be But Dave Chappell walked his ass up there And oh my god, I was so offended No, I'm, I'm full of shit I, I wasn't Because guess what? If I'm offended, I just don't listen it's that easy, but people don't want to hear that. No. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> because if you have, and a, a last thing, a last thing before I leave, since mm-hmm. everybody wants to normalize everything nowadays, you don't need to normalize being able to laugh as a coping mechanism. If something tragic <laughs> happened, everybody has the, the, the right to, to, to cry and everything, but nobody can laugh. Nobody can crack a joke. Some of us do, 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 um, do need a good laughter rather than a crack. And that needs to be acknowledged. So that's I all I that. had to say.
4: I love that. Well, thank you so much, Vic, for calling in. It was very good talking to you. you no prob- really no
16: problem. No problem. à tout le monde. Au revoir.
4: <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Appreciate you. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, Chad, I took French for three years, Odie. I still remember a little bit, just so you know, a little bit. <laughs> but no, he made some awesome points. It is like they're infantilizing society. You know, they're telling you what you can laugh about, what you should be offended about, what you shouldn't be offended about, you know, and it's just starting to be a bit much. It's It's starting to be a bit much. And I just, It's scary when you think about, you know, where we're going to be as a society, not just here in America, because this is is somebody calling in from France. So they're going through that as well. You know, where we're going to be at in the future, because this whole everybody is offended situation and everybody gets a trophy mentality, it's slowly ruining the fabric of society. I'm sorry to say it, you know, and it's not teaching these kids about disappointment and, and hardships. And, you know, those are the things that make you stronger in life. You know, and if we're going to sit there and rock everybody to sleep and baby them, we're going to have a very, very weak generation as the generations go on, just in my opinion. So let me go ahead and bring on, uh, let's see here, Um, Niphané, Niphané. Hi, lovely T. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How
17: are you? i'm doing good but if we like disconnect i'm on the bridge i'm a truck driver and i hate that like i got chose right now but i'm gonna try to speed up what i want to say so okay. um okay so i'm so nervous but i love you so much okay i'm sorry <laughs> so,
14: love you too
17: okay oh that made me feel so good you love me too okay so um i want to start off by saying that well let me talk about the will smith and jada from my uh, pers- jada really don't love will because i would have tried my best to stop my man like Mm -hmm. you're not protect the bag you're not about to do that to our legacy you got all these little children that look up to you because my seven-year-old baby he loves aladdin and you know will smith played in that movie no you gotta let's protect the bag i rolled my eyes i wasn't happy but that's okay you don't gotta let's check him later we're gonna see him and so and also like I really hate that it happened, but I also want to look at, I've been looking at it from this point, I don't think if Chris Rock was like a little light-skinned, like if he wasn't as dark, I don't think Will Smith would have slapped him, like, and the same thing with T.I. and that girl. I feel like if that girl was light-skinned, if she was a cute red bone, had a slim nose, thick little booty. He wouldn't have disrespected her how he disrespected her. He felt mm-hmm. like he can call her a, 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 a the N-word. I don't, I'm sorry. He felt mm-hmm. like he can disrespect her and call her out uh, her name, call her the B-word. But I'm sure if she looked anything like Tiny, Tamika Harris, or Monica, he wouldn't have did that like that. He wouldn't have hugged her so tight and snatched the mic like that if she was light-skinned. And that's just how I feel on that. And I do honestly feel that comedy is dying. Like, if it ain't already dead and we can revive it, I feel like comedy is dead. And also, one last thing, and then I'm going to get off. But I, it might be a reach. But I feel like they is trying to attack that amendment, that freedom of speech. Uh-uh. No, you can't say what you want. You're going to be censored. You're going to be shadow banned. I think they is going to gonna try to rewrite that whole amendment. Ain't no freedom of speech because y'all hurting everybody's feelings. Everybody is hurt. Everybody a victim. That's bullying. You can't say this about the LGBT community or you'll get canceled. No more freedom of speech. And that might be a reach. But I think that's what's going to happen. And that's all I wanted to say.
4: Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. It was good talking to you. You made okay, some Okay, thank sense. you. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Now she said that she feels like, you know, if the woman was lighter T.I. wouldn't have went at her the way he did, you know, all extra manly and calling her the N word and, and all types of Bs. And I definitely agree with that. I definitely know that colorism plays a big part, especially with, you know, male female dynamics. But now as far as the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation, I don't think that was colorism. So I do kind of disagree with that. I don't think that was colorism. What I think that was, that was Hollywood hierarchy. I don't think too many people have really touched on that. Will Smith is Hollywood's golden boy. Will Smith has always been seen as somebody who's very handsome. He's funny, he's just naturally funny. You know, he started in the rap game, had his own TV show. You know, he's been around forever. He's been seen as a, you know, a sex symbol in different parts of his life. You know, a hero. Whereas Chris Rock had to work a little bit harder. No, You know, no disrespect to Chris Rock, but, you know, I've been watching since I was a child. I've never heard Chris Rock's name attached to sex symbol, superhero. Ooh, Chris Rock is fine. I've never heard that. Funny, but not fine. So I think in the grand scheme of things, what that was the reason why he was so comfortable bitch slapping Chris Rock in the manner which he did, because he knows in the grand scheme of Hollywood, on that Hollywood totem pole, Chris Rock is seen at the bottom. Not just because he's a comedian, but as far as his size, he's not a really big man. Doesn't really have like a you know solid body. He's always been, you know, tall and thin. He's not the most handsome, but he is funny. So I think that alone. Made Will Smith comfortable. It wasn't so much his complexion, it was just more or less what Chris Rock represented. He's more skinny, he's scrawnier, he's the lower you know, he's the lower echelon of Hollywood, whereas Will Smith is way up here. But if it was somebody on his level, and the reason why I say that, if that was Idris Elba up there, who's just as dark as Chris Rock, Will Smith wouldn't have that same smoke for Idris. You get what I'm saying? Because Idris is basically seen on the same level as Will Smith. He may not be as popular or, or as rich, I should say, but as far as superhero, yeah, he's played Bond. He's been in all types of movies. Women see him as a sex symbol, he's handsome. So he would've thought twice about slapping an Idris, a Denzel Washington, who's also darker skinned. He would've thought twice about slapping a Denzel because they're all on the same upper echelon of Hollywood. So I think with the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith situation, It was more about status in Hollywood and Chris being quote unquote, right? Beneath Will Smith in status. That's why he felt so comfortable. And even the way he sashayed back with that little swag. You know what I'm saying? Nuts was hanging super low. Like, yeah, I did it and. That told me everything I needed to know, child. He wouldn't have did that had that been somebody on his same level as far as like, you know, Hollywood fame and status and things like that. So let me go ahead and bring on some more people here. Sydney K, can you go ahead and um, unmute your microphone?
18: Hey auntie, how you doing?
4: I'm doing good, how about you?
18: I'm good, thank you. Um, so basically what Nia was saying about the uh, like the gay community being real sensitive and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I am part of the gay community and I agree like some of them are just really sensitive like and that brings me to my story. So back when slapgate first happened, mm-hmm. um I there's this girl that I listened to. I listened to her podcast. She's part of the gay community and all that. And she was on a Twitch stream and she had brought up the whole slapgate situation and basically like, the people in the chat were, like, oh, Chris Rock deserved it, blah, 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 and I was, like, well, you know, I disagree, like, I definitely, the situation could have been handled a lot better, Um, so, basically, she didn't agree with me, because, like, she's used to people in the chat agreeing with her, and I didn't agree with her, and she was just getting real, like, upset, and she said that, this whole situation was like a race issue, and I'm like, this this ain't a race issue at um, all. It was two all. black
4: man. What race issue?
18: Right, a race issue towards Jada and her alopecia black women and all that, and she's not even black. Like, I think oh God, it's
4: one of those white virtual signaling lesbian women.
18: Girl, she's Chinese, girl. Oh,
4: chi- oh, Chinese. Oh, okay.
18: Yeah, and I, I'm a black woman, so I'm like, I think I would know if this was a race issue. Uh it's more than right. you. Like and basically okay, they're got, getting
4: their talking points from Twitter. Right. They're getting it from the Twitter brigade. And you just have a lot of people who just sit and just regurgitate memes and regurgitate what they see trending and do no real research on anything.
18: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So um basically I was like, This is not a race issue. And I basically got blocked for, you know, just expressing my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone in the chat was attacking me and shit and see work. that's
4: what I don't understand when people have open forums like this just like when I did the show last week about the slap I said I wanted to hear everybody's side I don't care you don't have to agree with me I already right. said what I have to say and that's my opinion and I remember Roy called in and he was like I'm team Will and I'm team slap and I was here for it because that was his opinion so why have these roundtable discussions and twitch streams if you're going to get upset if people don't see things the way that you see them.
18: Exactly, exactly. She's just used to everyone agreeing with her and being on the same sensitive level.
4: And because you're gay like her and because you're not as sensitive as her, now they want to revoke your card. But I thought Mm -hmm. we're all supposed to be in this fight under the umbrella together. You know, and that's the part that's just like really sad that it gets to that point for some people where now your life doesn't matter because you don't agree with this sentiment.
18: Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, we could have agreed to disagree. The situation wasn't that serious.
4: Right.
19: <laughs> like, it it's sure about,
18: it it's it's just not that serious. But yeah, it's, it kind of sucks because, you know, I did like this person like as a person. Mm-hmm. But after that, I, no. No, yeah, I
4: don't blame you. Like somebody said in the chat, Lick Taylor said in the chat, it's good that you got blocked, sis. You're probably better off.
18: Yep, you right. So look at it, yeah,
4: look at it as a blessing. Yep. But yeah, that was all I had to say. Okay, well, it was good talking to you, Sydney. Thank you for calling in, sis. You too. Thank you, auntie. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, let me go ahead and bring on It's Just Not Commentary. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
5: Hey, what's up? Y'all hear me good?
4: Oh, we can hear you perfectly. How are you?
5: Hey, I'm doing all right. So first of all, I just wanted to go ahead and say that I feel like with the T.I. situation, he kind of just has control issues. And Mm -hmm. with him coming into comedy, he feels like as a celebrity, he can he has more leverage opposed to the upcoming comedians. And that's probably why he felt so comfortable doing what he did. Mm yeah i really didn't like it because it doesn't matter what you see him doing come to the
4: phone we can't hear you like moving away from the phone
5: oh sorry i'm using a microphone
4: okay perfect now we can hear you
5: yeah i just feel like even if you watch all of his ventures in atlanta and things like that he just he has too much power in that city and i feel like it's gone to his head Mm -hmm. so when things don't go his way he kind of does get pissy but as far as the whole um is comedy dead thing i feel like social justice or whatever it is that's being disguised as social justice is killing comedy i agree yeah but the irony in that is and this is where i kind of disagreed earlier is that i grew up on family Guy, south park and all of these adult animated shows where they made racist jokes and they made really insensitive comments. And we would go to school and we would, you know, regurgitate those same things. So this sensitivity, even though I'm only like 20, it's still new to me, too.
4: Mm-hmm. OK, as young as you are. Yeah, because back when you guys were young, because I remember, you know, I was a young mom. So my kid kind of watch what I watched. We would watch boondocks together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine the boondocks playing right now as sensitive as we were, but like Boondocks was the shit. There was a lot of truth in that comedy. And, you know, The Simpsons and, um, you know, Futurama and all of those shows, South Park. I mean, we grew up in high school watching South Park. And even though South Park is still on, I don't even think it's as popular as it once was. You know, Mm -hmm. and and some people say like, oh, well, it's not okay to to disguise, you know, being offensive or being rude in the guise of comedy but that's what comedy has always been. It's always been, you know, little truths wrapped up in jokes that sometimes do offend.
19: Oh, I, I remember absolutely. in high school,
4: like people calling my best friend an Ethanopian because of South Park. People were like like, Ethanopian? You know, because I was like one of the punchlines in South Park. You know, I mean, it, it irritated her, but after a while, I just laugh at it. Like, okay, whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? And then once the, new, the next episode came on. We moved on and nobody called her Ethanopian. You know, that's just what it is. Everybody plays the butt of the jokes at some point in their life. Is it hurtful? Can it be hurtful? Yes, but are you going to wallow in it and die? No. You pick yourself up, you know who you are and you keep a pushing.
5: I totally agree. And I feel like initially I didn't agree with the whole social media comment that it was the root of a lot of issues, but we also got to consider that a lot of this stuff that we see and we take in, is all pushed through an algorithm. So it's not necessarily what we're choosing to see, but what somebody is feeding us.
16: Mm,
4: that's a good point. Yeah. And if you're tapped into like certain, let's say, Facebook groups or you follow certain people on Twitter, then you're going to be pushed more, more of those particular ideologies. I agree right
20: hmm
4: Well, yeah. you made some really good points. It's very good talking to you.
5: Thank you. I just, and I do want to say one more thing before mm-hmm. I go. Um, I'll be listening to the live streams all the time on Spotify, and I took your advice for the Anchor FM thing. I went ahead and I tried it, and I really liked it. So I just want to say thank you for promoting it.
4: You're so welcome, and I'm glad that you were able to do that and start your podcast. So good job on that. And
5: thank, thank you.
4: you for calling in today.
5: Yes, ma'am. Have a good day.
4: You too. Bye. You got to love Southern kids. They're all so respectful <laughs> with the mams. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But yeah, I think that T.I., you know, he's definitely gotten a lot of power in Atlanta. And, you know, it's kind of down to his head. Remember, he was running, you know, with Keisha, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. She was acting like he was like the co-mayor of Atlanta. Remember when he got up there, oh, this this Wakanda. Y'all can burn down all them other cities, but not Wakanda. 30 minutes later, it was burning down ATL. T.I., you don't run shit here. You're a rapper trying to get into politics or be around politicians. You know, and I find it very interesting, too, that he wants all these comedians to just accept him with open arms. And, you know, he was really upset with Godfrey when he first, you know, dipped his toe in comedy. And he felt like, you know, he should just be allowed to be a comedian. There should be no gatekeepers. But comedians are very protective of their craft because you have to pay a lot of dues as a comedian. You you got to go to, you know, you got to start at the bottom, you know, the hole in the walls with maybe 30 people and, you know, things like that. And you're going to be the last one on, on the stage. And so you might not leave the club until two o'clock in the morning. You got to pay a lot of dues to get up in the comedy game. You have to deal with the booze, people walking up on stage, people confronting you in the parking lot. So for T.I. to not have paid any dues and then to just say, well, I'm a comedian now, that's not going to gel well. That was the same reception that Nene Leakes got. Remember when Nene Leakes tried to be a comedian and Nell and several people called her out. Like this is not, you're not a comedian, sis. You're a reality TV show person, you know, just looking to make money over here, make some quick bucks and, you know, go on a speaking engagement. Because it seems like a lot of those people who want to get into comedy, it ends up just being a speaking tour not really a comedy tour they might crack jokes but it's just them talking about their life well that's not necessarily comedy like comedy they're coming in from a different angle and they're actually writing cracking jokes you know talking about things outside of themselves and I wonder if he would also be you know if he would also welcome you know Somebody who wanted to be a rapper, but they weren't good because from what I'm hearing, he's just not a good comedian. So I'm a lackluster rapper, but this is my goal. This is my dream. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a trap rapper. Would do you think T.I. would let me on stage right now? Lovely T and T.I., you know, T.I. presents Lovely T, the trap rapper. I think not. But yet and still he thinks that everybody in the comedy world is just supposed to accept him with open arms. I mean, it's very comical to me because hip hop is one of the most divisive, you know, they're very protective about their craft and they're quick to call out the six nines and the um, who are the the island boys and you know, the people who are just they're a joke and they, they don't come from hip hop. They're just trying to make a quick buck. But now people are trying to do with comedy and it's not okay for comedians to fill away. I just find that very hypocritical. Cause he would not let me be his opening act on the on the trap tour. Okay, let's keep that real. <laughs> um, let me go ahead and bring on. Let's see here, DeAndre Hollis. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
13: Hey T, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm in like a rainstorm, so I hope it's not going to be too much.
4: Oh no, you sound perfect.
13: Okay, thank I God. No rain. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanna. <laughs> first say, as I was say, I want to thank God who's ahead of my life. I don't know why I wanted to say that. <laughs> but um, no, I wanted to say thank you T for this platform. I love everything you do. I love listening to your podcast. You really help me get through the weeks when I'm down, depressed. I listen to you. I laugh and I just want to give you your props. Um, but real quickly. Thank you. I, want, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love you. I wanted to say um, my biggest thing that I wanted to bring here on the platform is that I feel like People in Hollywood are very, they're agents of chaos. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what Will Smith did was like one of those agent of chaos moments. Um, And I say that because it was just so demonic. And I'm not like trying to come and be like extra spiritual, but that's what I felt. When I seen, you know, how his reaction was, even how he was yelling, it was just like the in, like I felt afraid, like kind of seeing him do all of that, like
4: yeah, like his eyes turned. Did you notice like his eyes got real dark when he was doing that yelling? It didn't even seem like it was Will Smith.
13: No, it was it was like Sasha Fierce, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was real scary, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but when he was getting his acceptance award and he was saying certain points, it was like. Like cheering, but it also was like sounding like chaos in the background, like yelling. And I'm like, what? It, it didn't sound like applause. It just sounded like so chaotic on the show. And and my point is saying what I'm saying is that you know these people in Hollywood, they do all of these things and they trickle down to regular people like us. They affect regular comedians that are not on this level because these people have no regard and no care for anyone but themselves. They're self-centered, they're self-absorbed, and it's all about their agenda. And what I want to point out, too, about Will, which I feel like is a is a is a it's point to talk about him and Jada's relationship. You know, at one point, I think they showed a clip on Red Table Talk that he did all of this stuff for her 40th birthday. Did like a documentary. He like went all out. And Jada's whole response to it was, well, you did that for your ego. You didn't do that for me. And mm. I think that's the dynamic of their relationship where she looks at everything he does to benefit him. It's not to benefit her. And I'm not on her side at all. Okay. I Listen, I'm not on his side or her side, but that's right. what I feel. And I feel like, as far as comedy, now I know you hear this right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like, as far as comedy, I feel like because people do not have a sense of identity in today's s- society, the lack of parents being in a home because of, you know, the economy, you know, social media taking the place of the parents, children have no real um, uh, reinforcement of who they should be. The world tells them who to be. Social media tells them what to be, tells them what to feel. If someone puts a post on you, it has more weight than what your parents say, because your parents are not involved in your life. So I think that's why comedy is dying down, because the world is so sensitive and it's not realistic we live in social media we don't live in the real world remember we talked about that before we live in a simulation so that's what I think and I hope it's clear like I hope I'm not just rambling but that's Mm -hmm. like some of my points that I feel and I just listen even with Lizzo even with Megan Thee Stallion these people are agents of chaos and that's how I feel their agenda is is going to always be to disrupt our lives with whatever chaotic energy that they operate in because they're associated with Hollywood And that's what I feel. It doesn't matter what his what his reasoning was. It was no reason for him to do that. And T.I. is the same thing. It was like just the same like spirit, you know, what I'm saying with Mm -hmm. him to do that to that girl. And I want to say he made them uh, allegedly he, he made them alleged allegations look real, real the way he was hugging on her. And I felt uncomfortable. And even the way he was talking to her, it seemed like everything that he was putting out just proved everything what people were saying about him and i'm I, that's all i want to say thank you t for this platform i'm getting off here okay
4: <laughs> man you made some good points y'all give that man his diamonds you got like 123 of them thank you so much deandre it's very nice hearing from you you made some excellent points he really did let me go ahead and bring on um let's see here uh tim for we can go ahead and unmute your microphone Hey T. Hey, how are you? I'm alive. How you doing? Hanging in there. <laughs>
15: <laughs> so you know, I brought up a few times that um, I think we're in the energy of the Roaring Twenties, just like the 1920s. Mm. Remember, in the 1920s, there was prohibition of alcohol, and what mm-hmm. and what was supposed to make society better ended up creating organized crime. Um, and speakeasies. And I mm-hmm. think the same thing is going to happen if this continues. If we keep trying to shut down free speech and trying to shut down comedy and canceling everybody, you're eventually going to put everything underground. Yeah. Except now we've got the digital world. So we're going to have digital speakeasies. And this is my theory of what's probably going to end up happening. This is just one theory.
18: Mm-hmm.
15: We're going to have speakeasies, but specifically for comedy and free speech. And instead of like, you know, we know what Chris Rock looks like. We recognize his face. We're probably going to see avatars or people wearing masks like Daft Punk or um, using auto tune or some type of voice, you know, Mm. mimicker to hide it. So that way these new age comedians could be uncancelable because you don't know who they are. Right now the con is the racist comedians aka anyone affiliated with like neo-nazis kkk etc or Mm -hmm. into like the traditionalism like uh like a steve bannon that's where it may become problematic because now the you know you can have them run chaotic (laughs) amok you know uh both live and on the internet and possibly the metaverse Mm -hmm. uh and I, I, that's that's what I'm gonna see in the future. If we keep pushing comedy away, I, I, that's where I see things going. Where you're just you're gonna force it underground, and people are going to go there, but just find ways to not have their lives ruined.
4: Yeah, because it's to the point now where I mean, there's been several comedians and even up and coming ones who have made jokes that they thought were funny that people didn't find funny and. They're canceled, just like that. Their career over. So it makes you feel like, you know, you you have to walk on eggshells. And I think, like the other young lady was saying, that's why a lot of the opening acts tend to be funnier because now the older comedians who have been in the game, who have established themselves, who have a bag now, you know, what I'm saying they're rich. They can't afford to be canceled because if you got, you know, a big house and all these bills you know, that because you've established yourself and you've made money, you can't afford for that bag to stop. Because comedy is just not
15: funny to me, like it used to be. And what's crazy is, you still have, like, South Park, Family Guy, and The Simpsons. You still have those shows, so obviously there's an audience for it. It's Mm -hmm. just, I, I don't know... I mean, I could theorize, but I don't know what exactly, like, how come those three shows are allowed to say and do things that everyone else gets canceled for. I don't know if it's because of longevity. I don't know if it's based on race or class, but. Or maybe because
4: of that speakeasy that you're talking about, the fact that these are cartoons, you know, they're characters. So people are able to hide behind them. I think that's what has helped their longevity is the fact that there's no real human per se attached to them. Like you're not going to go on Twitter and cuss out Bart Simpson. You're just not. But you will cuss out the baby and
15: whoever else has offended you. Yes. Mhm. So that's what I wanted to bring up. Okay. And a lot of people made good points. So. All right. Well,
4: thank you for calling. You made a lot of good points yourself. I appreciate it. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on um, Kareem Henry. Let's see if he's available yet. Nope. All right. Crystal Diaz, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Yes. Can you uh, hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Finally, I get to
9: speak to you. I've been watching you since I was 16 and I'm 29 now.
4: Oh, wow. OK, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for the support and watch me over the years.
9: Yes. Um. So my thing is. With comedy, because I enjoy it any type of comedy special, especially when I'm depressed. I watch mm-hmm. Chris Rock, Fluffy, you name it. I watch it, especially Eddie Griffin. He's super funny. Oh, I love him. Voodoo Child, <sighs> that's one of my favorite
4: specials.
9: Yeah, I love him. And i watch watched all this old stuff because if you watch stuff now, even some of those shows that you're saying, Family Guy, Simpsons, anything, they're just not as funny as the old stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the thing- I haven't watched
4: Simpsons in years.
9: If you watch the new stuff, it's not as funny Mm -hmm. like you can I can I can uh, I can imagine like people that want to get into The Simpsons because it's new and more colorful. Mm -hmm. They want to watch it, but it's not as funny as the old stuff. And it's like I was telling my brother, because we crack on each other all the time and we don't take it to offense to it. But if we crack on our cousins that are like 18, 19, 20, oh, Mm -hmm. they get into like they get into fighting with us. Oh, why are you t- making fun of my way? How are you doing this and that? We're like chill. Like it's not all that serious because at the end of the day, we're family. We're not trying to m- make you feel bad. You have to have mm-hmm. a little bit of sense of humor because with how times are going on right now, it makes people depressed. So in the aspect of dumbing down comedy and comedy dying, it makes mm-hmm. it it makes me kind of feel sad because I watch this stuff to make myself feel better.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, even remember, um, who was the big fat comedian? I want to say Ralph. He was really funny. He was really big. I think he ended up getting like gastric bypass.
16: Yeah. Yeah. It was
4: Ralph. Yeah. I used to, I loved him, you know, and it's like, he knew he was fat. He didn't give a damn. He got up there, cracked his jokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ralph, he was so funny. And it's like, you don't see these anymore. Like, we used to know comics by their name. I remember watching jo- uh, George Lopez specials on, like, Fox. Remember, like, back in the day, he go to the prisons and do comedy specials? Like, you don't even see comedy specials anymore, like, on TV. You literally have to go to, like, the comedy club to see these comedy specials or possibly Netflix. But so they used to come on regular TV back in the day.
9: Yeah. And that the, and that's how I, I, I only got into watching a whole bunch of comedy because my dad watched a whole bunch of Chris Rock and I would always watch it with him when it used to be on HBO. And, you know, I was eight when I watched that with him and I would crack up and he was like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this. But I got his sense of humor at eight years old. Imagine mm. I'm watching all this old stuff now and it makes me so sad that everything's going the way it's going. Like, why is because why would will go and slap a man for making a joke that he laughed at Mm-hmm. Buying. and and the thing is, is that you know if it was funny at the moment why laugh at it if you know that it
4: offended your wife and she was side eyeing you exactly exactly yeah so, so many things have changed it's really sad yeah and the
9: thing is is that like, it's like i told my mom i'm like Ma, Ma. Don't believe everything, like all the relationships in Hollywood, because it's all a facade. Who knows if Will and Jada even sleep in the same room or are even in the same house together? Because when you saw what he did in the Oscars, he 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 was under a whole bunch of pressure with with, with what happened in the last three years. Like, come Mm -hmm. on now. He didn't have that smoke for August Alsina.
4: (laughs) Not at all. And August Alsina is still trolling. That's the crazy part
9: yeah exactly so why do that to chris and not do that to august Mhm. so well that's thank you my so much th- for
4: calling in crystal thank you so much i love you love you too you made a lot of good points sis bye bye yeah she made some good points i have forgot his name was ralphie may I didn't realize he died I forgot he died in 2017 he had a a heart attack because remember he was real real big then he lost a bunch of weight and then he died but ralphie may oh my gosh he was such a funny comic and that was the one thing too about comedy like a lot of the comedians back in the day they had their own flaws and they taught you to laugh at yourself you know what i'm saying because like all the fat guys they were cool with it. They were funny, like a Ralphie and like a Bruce Bruce and Lavelle Crawford. You know, made you more comfortable, made you be like, you know, okay, I'm fat, so what? So's Lavelle, and he's funny as hell. You know, so we don't, yeah, I didn't realize he had died, but yeah, Ralphie made y'all go back and watch his old stuff. Like he used to have me cracking up. He'd have a lot of comedy specials on Fox News. I mean, Fox, well, that's back when it was just Fox back in the day. But yeah, they don't do that. BT Comic View is gone, Def Comedy Jam. There's be so many like just really good stages to watch these up and coming comedians. So let me go ahead and bring on T's Tidbits. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Yo, yo, can you hear me?
21: I can hear you. How are you? I'm good. This is Tierra Monet from the Discord. What's up, Discord gang? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so first I wanna start with how fake everybody is. Everybody you people will watch a fight video, of somebody getting killed whatever on social media but chris rock called jada a ball-headed scallywagon and that's like the end of the world like i don't understand the fakeness of the internet Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm not even on social media and um when it comes to the whole ti situation if you look back at the video when he first like um gets on the stage and hugs the girl the way he grabs her it's like um like in a domestic violence situation where like you know you're with whoever at the store and like they grab you to make Mm -hmm. it seem like I'm just you know talking to you but they're really like pinching you or whatever but yeah I noticed like the grab was very aggressive if you like and then he
4: used it almost too if you really watch it as well he used it to be able to snatch her microphone
21: yeah and I just feel like it was pinching her arm or something because like the way like if you the way he grabbed and jerked her like i've seen people at the store like with their kids like if "You don't sit your ass down like where you know that mm-hmm. type of shit like it was crazy um the next little topic i want to talk about i'm tired of a uh, black women, women being like the scapegoat of everything like black women are always drug into anything whether it's good or bad just the whole black girl magic strong black women Or, you know, like Mm -hmm. we are all women at the end of the day. And then like the whole, um, I guess, mana spear thing. I don't watch that type of stuff, but how they just drag Black women constantly. It's like, we're always the face of anything. If you want some traction, just bring up Black women. And I'm just over that as well. Mm -hmm. And um, my last little thing I want to hit on is everybody, like you said earlier, everybody wants to be a victim. They're running in the Victim Olympics. And Chris Rock, he was the victim in the whole situation and nobody checked on him. I haven't heard anything about him. It's all Will and Jada, Will and Jada. I'm like, I thought everybody wanted to be a victim. Like, where's where's his um, buzz? Nobody is talking about him. It's just Will and Jada or protect black women or, you know, Jada's not a good wife. We've been doing this. What about Chris? Who checked on his mm-hmm. teeth? Who checked on his <laughs> cheek?
4: You're right. Yeah, like it's a lot. It. I mean, the only ones that are even talking about Chris Rock are just his family, his brothers. And I find it very funny that whenever one of the siblings come out, it's like people are pissed. Oh, his brothers are just looking for attention. They're doing too much. Yet and still, there's like 50 thank pieces a day about Will and Jada in the exactly. situation. So, yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. Well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. It was good talking to you. Yep, yeah, nice talking to you. Bye. Bye. All right, let me go ahead and... um. Bring on Dwight Barrett.
22: Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello,
4: how are you? I'm doing good. How about you?
22: I am good. I'm just coming home from work right now, but I thought I would just chime in. I'm just going to keep this just simple and short. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, we live in a world with too many sensitive sallies, too many processing calls, too many in your feeling, Franks, and too many you hurt me so, Yolanda's. Like, we are in a world right now where you, like, literally, it's like, you can't say nothing with you know without anyone going, You hurt me and you're mean and why did you do this? Like it's it's ridiculous. It's like a lot of people are just way over sensitive for no reason whatsoever. I think of back in the days, like when we used to watch shows like, Okay, a living color, you know mm-hmm. for a fact that a living color could not nope. be like put on now with the skits that they had. You'd have, Twitter would be in a total rage. Like, tw- people would just oh, yeah. crying left, right, and center. Oh, he made fun of this. He made fun of that. Look what they did. He's fat shaming.
4: Remember Paula Abdul? Oh, yeah.
22: gay. Oh, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, like, please. Like, it's just, we're so, the, like, it's as crazy. the callers had said before, it's a fake outrage. And I agree with the last caller. Like, no one checked on Chris. Remember... When this whole slap gate happened, everyone's like, yo, I'm going, if that was me, I would have slapped up Chris too. And blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, you need to calm down, right? There's no reason for you to be carrying on that. And we all know the reason why Will did it. Will has a lot of issues. It was built up. We as t sippers knew that everyone else just failed to realize that, you know, (laughs) next case type of thing.
6: But right. we just
22: we just live in a very, very sensitive world. I mean, even at work, like if you notice even at work now, you can't make certain jokes. You can't see certain things because people mm-hmm. are quick to say, oh, you're this, you're that. You get reported to HR. We're just too sensitive. And it's sad now that comedians whose vessel and whose, you know, tool and job is to make us laugh, they can't even do that anymore. Now they're being attacked. So it's yeah. like I don't know what to, you know, especially with the way how the world is right now. We need a laugh. So I don't know. The whole thing is the whole thing is just out of control. And as far as Ti is concerned, and the words of you, lovely tea, he needs to drink a big, tall, dirty stinking dirty glass, cold of shut the fuck up, because he is the <laughs> last person. He is the last person to talk and say stuff. Like he's forever trying to be Mister Wakanda, and bro, just just you got your own business to worry about. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's really how I wanted to say, but it's just, we're in such a very, um, yes, people, I hear people seeing the chat accent. Yes, I am Jamaican, sorry. Uh, oh yeah, we're here for the accent. But no, but for real though, like we're just in a very sensitive world and it's just, it's sad that comedians, I mean, yeah, comedians do say stuff that are offensive, but half the time, as you mentioned, and other callers have said, they also make fun of themselves. Right, mm-hmm. like you got the fat people, you've got the you know whatever. Like you got to laugh at yourself, but nah, man, people up there people are too sensitive. Like you look at one person wrong way, you're looking at me wrong. That's mean. I you're, I hurt my feelings. Get away. Mm-hmm. Like just 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 have a Snickers. Just chill. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you're not you when you're hungry.
6: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
22: Like it's just I don't know. I just as I said, I'm an old school cat. Like. When I grew up, like, I'm a 80s and 90s type of person. Like I said, like, back then we had Martin and Living, you know, and Living, um,
16: living Color mm-hmm. and
22: all those type of shows. And I'm telling you, if they were to host those shows now, it would be, they'd be canceled after, like, the first 30 minutes.
4: Yeah, even Mad TV. There's no place for Mad TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, oh, Mad TV. That not seen
22: in Twitter, but yeah, that's that's yeah that's pretty much all I wanted to say I love your show I love your platform you're doing awesome been a supporter since I don't know four or five years right now and I just love how you've just done a lot for yourself and you've grown so I just want to wish you all the best
20: thank you
4: so much and thanks for calling and you made some excellent points tonight Dwight appreciate you, you. Bye. bye all right let me go ahead and bring on Jose Gonzalez Jose go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello. hey jose yeah what up <laughs> so what you think about
14: this combo this sensitivity honey i think it's a um you know how like there's like incognito forms of oppression like medicine prison systems food education like there's shit that is out there to like the human you know and i think <laughs> This cancel culture, I think this like moral supremacy that's happening, is just a form of um, of incognito censorship. Like, it's just censorship is an incognito form of oppression. Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry, I'm really really smacked, but um, I, like it even affects it even affects um, music. Like the last time I heard the word cracker in hip hop was when mm. Birdman said, "Mother, um, I'm old school, I'll smack a bitch, getting money like a motherfucking cracker bitch. That was the last time I heard someone say cracker in hip hop.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of words you don't hear anymore. The F no. word is gone, cracker, I- but you know what word is still there? Nigga. Mm-hmm. That word doesn't seem to go anywhere.
14: Nah. And, and it's because of that, you know, you know how they say it, that even language is, like, used against us, like, spiritually? And I think it goes to this. Like, it goes back to that. It really does. Because the only time you hear someone get, like, called out for lyrics is if it's about, like, colorism. Like, last time I heard someone say some, like, really crazy, out-of-pocket, funny shit was Nicki Minaj when she, she said... Um, she, Motherfuck you with big dick. I'm a racist. I'm a bigot. I'm thicker than a midget. Yeah, I'm crazy, just a smidgen. Like who 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 what what are you talking about? That that's fab, it's great, it's art, it's everything. But like that was the last time I've ever heard of a rapper being like actually playful and like using their skills. Like mm-hmm. no no one's being witty, no one's being offensive. There's no art in our art anymore. And that's, I think, when censorship comes in. And it, it yeah. like, we're going to get points taken off for jaywalking. What makes you think that we're not going to get points taken off for fucking saying some shit?
4: Right. Yeah, it has affected a lot of the art. I mean, even when you think about it, um, I know we've had this conversation on Discord that a lot of the movies that come out nowadays are a horror movies yeah everything's horror and back when we were younger horror movies only came out once a year and that was in october
14: october and, like the halloween and, and maybe one in christmas and one on valentine's day yeah at the most and it was some slasher shit it wasn't no fucking demons it wasn't no fucking ghost fucking throwing you around the room it was some slasher shit some human shit where if i could kill this shit i could but they're right. not realizing this spiritual attack on us where that it's happening every single day, 24 seven,
4: and we're not realizing it. Yeah. And I, and I also believe too that that's why they're just making these horror movies because there's not too much to get offended by you. You're not going to go on Twitter and rant about, Oh, that demon in the deviant box. You're not going to do that. But if if it's your favorite actor and they say something wrong in a movie you yeah, know, I remember horror.
14: when Ke- Kelly said mm-hmm. called um, Freddy Krueger a faggot? Like that was hilarious.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right back in the day, that wouldn't fly now. You yeah, know, I think that's why they're sticking to the horror genre because there's not too much you can offend doing horror. But if nope. it's a romantic comedy, somebody can feel away. If it's a black comedy, you know, type love movie, somebody can feel away. Because the way that that's really the only movies that are being pushed, it's just really kind of disturbing. Like they're yeah. constantly pushing the horror genre. And I think part of that is because they're scared of like pushback and sensitivity and offending. Yep. All right. Was there anything else you want to add, Jose?
14: Um, no, I don't think so,
4: y'all.
14: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jose, high
4: as hell. <laughs> <laughs> thank well, thank you so for calling time. in, Jose.
14: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Okay. Bye. All right, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Rutendo. Rutendio. Okay, oh, come on, are not ready. Um, Grace, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
19: Hi guys. Hello. Listen, I'm following half the people that just spoke. You have no idea. Holy Ghost, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Because seriously, <laughs> none of y'all are crazy. Not one of y'all are crazy. Don't listen to the naysayers, okay? Listen, I'm just going to, like, be short and sweet, but you're not crazy. First off, I'm going to start off with, like, you know, you guys aren't nuts about the co-oping movements, right? Like, movements start for a reason, right? They're people that need help. Right, that's nothing wrong, but there are people who take advantage of them, right, and change mm-hmm. it for another purpose, right. So, for example, Ms. Thirteen. <laughs> My surprise, I found out it started with a group of kids who used to get beat up whenever they left the school. Like they would get beat up individually. So then they were like, okay, let's walk together, you know. And then over time. You know, as like they graduated and stuff, there'd be younger kids, and they'd be like, okay, like join our group, and we'll walk you home. Like we'll help walk each other home from school. So we want to get like killed, right? Like it singled out, right? Well, guess what? Somewhere along the lines, like they, and you know, they, in, like they didn't initiate. They invited a friend, someone they didn't really know, who had other motives, and then turned it into the mos- monstrous disaster that it is now. Like it started with good intentions. It started with people helping each other, people trying to be friends for each other, people trying to take care of each other. Do you get my drift? Mm-hmm. So right. like, I don't see anything wrong with gatekeeping, you know, within sense, right? Like, no, that you know, that's not crazy. That's not crazy. Okay. Um, also, years ago when MIA came out with that um that Born Free video, I don't know if you remember that. That was a weird video where like all those redheads were getting killed in a field or something. Anyway, she got canceled for that. But like, I remember like right after that, she had an interview and she literally said the internet changed hands and nobody even knows it yet. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what does she mean by that, right? And around mm-hmm. that time, like it was like free, like, you know, you had like lovely tea, you had other people who just spoke their mind, spoke the truth and it was cool and popping, right? Like you could build your own right. audience, right? You could actually get monetized, right? hmm now look at today, right, where you got your state, I call them state sanctioned people, right? Like the people who like say whatever everybody wants them to say, you know, all of a sudden they're replacing the people who actually put in the work, the people with the yeah, talent, yeah. the people with the audience, the people with the fans, the authentic people, that's not an accident, guys. That's not an accident, okay? You're not crazy, yeah. okay? Also, this whole thing, the, you know, what you guys are talking about the on um, the censorship, It's puritanical. Usually when we think of Puritans, we think of like Christians or something like that. But like, look at it from the other aspect. It really is passing moral judgment on someone you're either jealous of or you do the same stuff in secret and you judge them publicly. Right. Like Mm. it's the same thing. And like a good example of that, if you guys ever want to watch a movie, it's going to make you angry, though. Watch The Crucible. Do you guys remember that movie with um, Winona Ryder?
4: I don't know if you remember the
19: crucible.
4: Is um, that with
19: the witches or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because that's what really happened, guys. A lot of those witches who got burnt at the stake who weren't probably even witches, they probably had like a nice outfit or something. Oh, she wore like a bright colored dress and I wanted that dress. Guess who mm. was crucifying them? Who, who was getting them burnt at the stake? Other witches. They were all a part of the same coven. Like You betrayed the coven, girl. You got to go and it shows that in that movie you're going to hate her character. Just go watch The Crucible, okay? Um also I wanted to say, you know, I know not everybody believes in God and stuff like that, but cover the true influencers, right? The real people real people with real opinions, even if you don't agree with them, right? just cover them in prayer because they're under spiritual warfare and that's why they're getting canceled. That's why they're getting shadow banned. That's why they're getting mobbed up and attacked. That's why like, I don't know a tweet they did when they were like 11 years old is coming back to haunt them and stuff like it. just It doesn't make any logical sense because it's not logical. Right. And then last I wanted to say like, yo, know, like, like destroying speech and stuff like, you know, I'm not a Republican. I'm not. I'm not either side. I, I'm. I'm straight in the middle. I like to think for myself. But yo, that's mm-hmm. Nazi stuff. I'm sorry. It, I'm gonna call it like it is, right? But I say everyone speak up, even if they're gonna cancel you, even if they're gonna accuse you of being every ism and obia or whatever, just speak up because guess what? They can't shadow ban everybody. They can't cancel anybody. And guess what? If anybody resonates with you, right? Like tonight or whatever, follow them. Follow them all over social media. You know what I mean? Like support each other. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that.
4: Okay. Well, you made so many good points, Grace. Thank you so much for calling in. You made a lot of good points all right we're going to go until eight o'clock so just be mindful of the time um let's see here uh, jamila saunders go ahead and unmute your microphone hello hi how are you finding you good um i believe that
0: a part of the way a lot of people are being raised nowadays is killing comedy Because I know when I grew up, because I'm a millennial, I was born in the 90s. Growing up, I had a bunch of siblings. And my siblings clowned on me. And I went to school. And everybody had fun. And no matter how much you got bullied, you always had somebody to at least go home and talk to. And -hmm. now the family dynamic has changed. A lot of kids don't have that person to go home and talk to. So now they're growing up even more sensitive. I myself have a set of twins. And my son is sarcastic like me. But my daughter is really sensitive and they grew up in the same household. I treated them exactly the same. But, you know, that dynamic of how people are processing things now and how they're growing up, I believe, is really killing a lot of laughter.
4: Yeah. And, too, I mean, and they're teaching kids at a younger and younger age you know, that they should suppress their feelings. And, you know, you're not really supposed to speak out. Even you're supposed to swallow your own unhappiness and your own, you know, discomfort to make sure that somebody else is comfortable.
0: Not even just that. I think a lot of the millennials that, are a lot of people that I grew up with that, you know, played sports and didn't get that trophy are now wanting their children to have that trophy. They want everything that they didn't get. To have, they want their children to now have it. They want to tell their children, don't let anybody talk to you like this. Don't get bullied. Don't do the, don't let what happened to me happen to you. And they're not taking what happened to them as a learning experience and growing from it. They're Mm -hmm. now being left in their own victimhood.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, and especially like nowadays in sports and, you know, in school in general, you see that a lot where it's like, it's almost like, who's out there on the field is it the parent or the kid
0: yeah because they're oh, more invested parents. in the kid yeah a lot of parents seem to be living vicariously through their children now like they because they couldn't do it growing up or they didn't have the means, or whatever stop them from living their dreams now that child has to live that dream that child has to move and do what they what the parent wants and not what's best for that child
4: yeah and I mean you see that a lot I mean we're now going into second and third generation celebrities. I mean, look how many rappers' kids are also into music, but they're not as good. They a lot of times don't end up being as good as the parents because, again, they didn't have that struggle. They didn't have to go through those trials and tribulations. Just like now we're having second generation NBA, well, not, I'm not gonna say second, maybe third and fourth generation NBA players now where their kids are, you know, like LeBron James, for instance. Bronny is toted into to go into the NBA, but a lot of people are saying though he's not even is he number one in the nation? Like there's kids who are even above Bronny in skills, but you don't, you know, it's about him because of who his father is. Just like with D-Wade. His son was not good enough to get into the NBA draft, so what did he do? Oh, we're going to get him in through the G League. So yeah, you see a lot of that even with celebrities who have money, and my thing is these kids, they should be good. Your dad is LeBron James. Your dad is Dwayne Wade. You guys have access to like the top coaches and, you know, basketball facilities than the average kid who's coming out of like, you know, uh, inner city. They may not have all that. So when I see talent like that, that comes from like, you know, even the suburbs and they don't have access to like all that high end stuff, to me, I feel like that talent is more raw than somebody who's been, you know what I'm saying, basically raised in this lifestyle
0: I think that also contributes to the struggle that they have to go through and the hardships that they have to endure because when you are given everything you don't have to endure anything it's just handed to you but when you have Mm -hmm. to go through struggles it that that's what solidifies your character that's basically your foundation I know that I used to get clowned on left right and center I had teeth that went sideways before I got braces I mean people would just be like oh your teeth is throwing up gang signs don't smile at me like <laughs> and, and now I'm the one that's le- that's cracking jokes on people left right and center and I I it's it's funny because of the way I say it but it's also holding a piece of truth I have a friend mm-hmm. at work she's like oh yeah I got a big nose I say yeah that's probably why you so nosy and so mm-hmm. it's just certain like I feel like if you can't make people laugh with your jokes then why are you why are you speaking
4: right. and if you're
0: not enjoying
4: it why are you going yeah that's the truth well thank you so much for conning sis it was good talking to you thank you love you love you too bye all right luther's boy go ahead and unmute your microphone
10: yo 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 what's going on t good evening
4: good evening how are you
10: i'm doing good doing good and hello fellow tea sippers um i'm not gonna i don't have much to say but i do have a few things i would like to point out um Piggybacking off of you and Jose's conversation. It's so crazy. I really think I agree. Like, as far as like, you know, them trying to add the center, censorship into what's going on. Because if you think about that most recent Halloween movie, wasn't it that whole censorship because what he was attacking a gay couple? And then that created this whole trend about, you know, that. And it was just like, I mean, again, I represent my life as a gay man, so I don't really see what the big deal about it was. But people are so sensitive these days, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a result of social media. I think social media is the blame, you know, for the increase in sensitivity. I mean, statistics even show that cyberbullying is one of the number one reasons for suicide in youth and some adults ever since this has happened. You know, I don't think that we were ever intended to be judged and commented by Thousands and thousands of people around the world, you know, and it has taken a toll on the mental state of our youth and even adults today. I mean, let's I mean, come on. Plastic surgeons are making so much money because people feel that they have to look a certain way based off of what they're seeing every day and what their perception of what they think reality is and what people want. Right. Right. Um,
4: and think about it too. Like I had said earlier that, you know, we're living in a world now where everybody's offended by everything, but they're ashamed of nothing. Now, do you feel like growing up, you know, shaming, like people make us seem like shaming is such a bad thing. It's a very taboo word on social media. You're shaming me. You're fat shaming, gay shaming, black woman shaming. But when we were growing up, shaming was also used as checks and balances. Right. To think about it. If you were shamed for something. Right. You corrected the behavior exactly. How do you know to correct if you're not being shamed. And I'm not saying shame where you should just be called everything but a child of God and, you know, thrown to the gutter. But, you know, sometimes people have to check you like, no, your behavior is not cool. That's not acceptable. But it's like you can't even do that now because it's called shaming. It's like, no, it's called
10: correction. Exactly. I mean, that goes back to back in the day when your neighbors was able to whoop the kids in the neighborhood mm-hmm. because it was kind of like, you know, a small village. You know what I'm saying? And like, we're looking out for each other for the betterment of our neighbors and of the kids. And we know at the end of the day, it's to help you become a better person. But now kids talking back to their parents, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many situations I've seen where, i will probably be dead and gone if I ever came at my mom. even thought to come at her some type of way, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, staying on topic, when I saw that video that you posted with T.I. and this young lady, and when he was walking up on stage, I got anxiety. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Why is security not, like, trying to assist her or, like, try to confirm with him, hey, what are you about to do? You know what I'm saying? I felt that that was very out of line. It was very uncomfortable. And then what happened to the, what happened to this, man? Like, I, I grew up in Detroit. So I went to Coco's House of Comedy downtown. And everybody knows this is the unspoken disclosure, disclaimer. If you don't want the comedian to talk about you, you better sit in the back, Facts. The side. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, everybody they not being that
4: front, in that front two rows. Yeah. And that's what it was. That was the rule. If you were sensitive, your ass better be in the back with a drink with dark shades on and a
19: trench coat. (laughs) Creepy.
10: Standing by the bathroom door. Like, nope. Listen, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was the understanding. That's what it was. It was no big deal. And then if you did get pointed out, you just laughed it off and was probably crying, laughing with your friends. And it was really no big deal. So. You know, I think it has a lot to do with where we are today and social media and everybody has a platform now and everybody has a voice. And not saying that we should not have one, but it's it's I think it's just getting misconstrued in a way where everyone wants to be, you know, saved or supported like, oh, woe is me and. I wish we can get beyond that. I don't think we are going to um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, after the Will Smith thing, then this T.I. thing, I'm sure something else is about to happen. And like somebody else already stated, as far as our amendment right for the freedom of speech, I could possibly see that being affected, too, you know, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. And uh, thank you again for sharing your platform, you know, for us to you know, speak and give our opinions on popular.
4: Definitely. Definitely. And thank you so much for calling in Luther's boys. Good talking to you.
10: You're welcome, sweetheart. Take care everybody. Bye. Bye.
4: All right. I'm gonna take, I got two more calls because they were saying some really good things in the chat. So I want to bring them on. Tracy, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
17: Thank you so much. I just really wanted to get down to the point and say that like spiritual attacks are real and it's being done in a way where people assume that they are helping or making your life easier. But in all honesty, that I honestly feel like when you, when people are speaking about like, like agents of chaos or people coming out in drones and all of a sudden you have certain people coming out and I I just, I don't want to say too much, to be honest with you, but I just want to like really shine a light on when we're speaking on spiritual attacks and trying to especially silence people Mm -hmm. and like start. And I think what it is, is that you might
4: start earlier on,
17: but I don't know if that makes
4: sense, if if, if you're getting what I'm saying. So you're saying that people being silenced is also a form of like a spiritual attack because they don't want truth tellers telling the truth. Yeah. Hmm that makes sense like I always say you know what I'm saying the truth be irritating some people's demons Exactly. So. but I'm just gonna mm-hmm. stop right there I'm gonna leave it okay at- all right well thank you for calling in sis you too be safe
3: Mhm.
4: all right let me go ahead and bring on Alana Patrick go ahead and mute your microphone
20: hi T how are you I'm doing
4: good how about you
20: I am doing well and um, hi to everyone. This is my first time uh, talking here. Um, What the the other young lady was saying about spiritual attacks, there Mm -hmm. is something happening on the planet. And I I think that everyone feels it. Like sometimes you wake up in the morning, there's a type of energy on the planet. And Mm -hmm. I was born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago. And one day, I sent one of my sisters a message on WhatsApp and I told her, listen, I'm feeling a little down. She said, you know, me too. There's something happening and you, we really have to pray more than ever. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys been paying attention to the news headlines where now I know we talking about comedy and stuff, but I just want to piggyback off of the other um, caller. Um, There's just random things that's been happening um, like plane crash, like little planes crashing randomly. I don't know if you guys been paying attention to the news headlines, right? Mm-hmm. There the is Chinese some,
4: people. They had a big plane crash recently.
20: Yeah, and the then in Jersey, where I live, South Jersey, this plane randomly crashed in front of a house, and in the the um, they had like a a license plate in the plane that said Jesus. Couple weeks before. Right now, the, the, the pilot, he's good. He just you know suffered some injuries and stuff, but a couple weeks ago, something similar happened in California. A plane just randomly crashed, killed a couple of people, to include this uh UPS worker, you know. Guy didn't even mm-hmm. see it coming. So there is something happening. And when I saw what happened to Will and and, and Chris Rock, I like the both of them, right? Mm-hmm. But Will literally had some type of psychological trigger based on my observation, right? Mm-hmm. And I un- he was wrong. He was wrong, dead wrong. No matter how much you love Will, he was dead wrong. But there is something happening on the planet. Something is happening.
4: Now you were saying something in the chat that I liked. You were saying that the like button is yeah. being used as a psychological tool as well.
20: Yes, yes, because this is why people have to pay attention, right? Because I would see like a news heading or something negative would be posted and it has hundreds of likes. And I'm like, psychologically, you're sending a message to the subconscious mind to accept a type of programming that, okay, it's okay to like this or okay to like that. But people are not even paying attention to things like that.
9: Mm-hmm.
20: And I think that's why that is why one of the callers called in and he mentioned um the sensitivity um, is really due to social media. Like something really happened to us as a species on this planet, hence the sensitivity. So it's OK to be sensitive. But I also want to remind everyone what was OK in 2016 is not OK in 2022. People are literally committing suicide like at an alarming rate. And we're only knowing about it if the person is a public figure. Yeah. Think about all the
4: other people that we don't know.
20: Right. For example, mm-hmm. Chesley Chris rest her soul, right? Mm-hmm. She got bullied after she won. She got bullied after she died. Someone wrote on under her picture that someday she jumped and said black lives splatter so what i'm mm, saying so what wow. i'm so what i'm trying to say to to the masses is yes we have become extremely sensitive as a society but we live in very dark times people are fighting demons all right mm-hmm. people are fighting demons you literally got to pray every single chance you get because you're not even safe in your own home
4: Mm. well that's why i always say even on the internet it's a different dimension and people need to understand we talk about this on discord all the time so my discorders know that spirits travel through the machine they travel through electricity and so some of the things and 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 things that you're arguing and fighting with it's not even people behind that it's a lot of spiritual shit that goes on the internet that people don't realize now, to take it one step further, to talk about the sensitivity and the things that's going on, and I'm not I joked about it the other day, but even the dislike button being removed on YouTube, and I mm-hmm. talked about this when it first happened, because like I said, the dislike button never, you know, I don't care, that's people's opinions, you're going to hit what you want to hit, but the fact that it got removed, not because so much regular people like me and other YouTubers felt away, because we're used to it, you know, video that hasn't even been up for two seconds. It's a 20 minute video. There's a dislike, right? We're used to it. Yeah. They removed the dislike button once Joe Biden and the White House started getting affected. Yes. Because anytime they would go live, there'd be more dislikes within like the first 10 minutes, right? Yeah. He's maybe two minutes into his speech. So by the time everything's over, there'd be so many more dislikes than likes. So when they decided to get rid of the dislike button not because of regular folks but because of the politicians. Yes. You have to see how deep that rabbit hole goes. Because now you're saying that whatever they say, whatever they decide to do is right and you have no choice but to what? like it. That's mm-hmm. what that's telling me. Yeah.
20: And and I like I don't know if anybody heard about this fox up like the fox bit this congressman, I don't know if you guys heard about it, little things like this, just a random fox came out of the woods, Capitol Hill, and bit multiple people to include a congressman. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's another part of what's happening on the planet. And and my grandmother in Tobago, she taught me certain things, so I pay attention To signs and stuff randomly why would a fox this happened like three days ago
4: yeah i just pulled it up it says capitol hill fox test positive for rabies after being euthanized he bit nine people it was just so what random that's why i'm saying like
20: something something is happening on the planet something is going on hmm it's too a random.
4: Fox just came out of nowhere and bit. They said it bit at least nine people, including a congressman on Capitol Hill, and they all tested positive. Well, I don't know if they. I think the, the fox tested positive for rabies on Wednesday.
20: Yep. That's and the number. And again, the number nine with its vibration and the energy that it carries. That's why I don't care what nobody says. Kobe Bean Bryant. There was something behind his death. I understand helicopter accidents and whatever happens, but pay attention to all the numbers. Don't want to go off subject here, but I just want to remind everybody we really got to pray. There's something going on. It's a huge, huge spiritual warfare. And I feel like the veil between the physical and spiritual world has been it's like it it became extremely thin. There's just a Mm -hmm. lot of things happening. And if you're spiritual, matter of fact, even if you're not spiritual, you can feel it. You can sense there's a type of vibration on the earth, which is why everybody is so at edge. And I truly believe the creator, he is using public figures to, sh- to speak to them. Even if it's a slap, like what Will Smith did, it's, it was it was not good. It, Will really messed up with that. But I'm saying there are signs or lessons. There's a reason certain things have been happening. Almost every day we go, to every night we go to bed, we wake up, it's some weird out, like far out of the world crap. Like something is definitely happening on planet Earth. And I really encourage everyone to pray.
4: Well, on that note, amen. And thank you so much. You know, I just saw some of the comments you were writing in the chat, so I wanted to bring you up here. So, I mean, just thank you for just all of your positive energy and just bringing things up because, yeah, we're definitely fighting a spiritual battle. And, you know, that whole Will Smith thing goes very deep. Yes. It's, it's, it's very, very esoterical. Deep. Yes. Like, very deep. Even I, in Odin, yep. like Babylon, there's a slapping ritual. People don't know yes. that. I, yes. haven't even gotten, I haven't even gotten there. That's too was, deep for some people. It was
20: a ritual. And there mm-hmm. are calendars dedicated to performing certain rituals at a certain time if you guys notice certain things happen within a week or so of the grammys it never fails if it's not the night of the grammys if it's not the night before the grammys it's within that week there's something happening
4: right
20: and t thank you thank you for inviting me to talk i'm a little nervous
4: You got a lot of diamonds. People are agreeing with you. you. You got like 115 diamonds. So no, just thank you for just coming in and tuning into the show and coming up here and just speaking your truth. That's what it's about. And I really appreciate you calling in, sis.
20: Thank you so much, T. And I truly love you and I appreciate your integrity.
4: Thank you. Love you too. You have a good evening. You too. Bye. All right, you guys, it's 814. I'm sorry, I went a little bit over, but she was speaking a lot of truth. I mean, this has been just a wonderful stream, a wonderful chat, and I just wanna thank everybody. I mean, we had like over 800 listeners tonight. I wanna thank everyone who came through. I wanna thank everybody who called. You know, everybody made a lot of good points in the chat, so I appreciate you guys. And, you know, just once again, take care of yourselves and just understand that we are definitely living in strange times you know, and we're fighting a lot of things spiritually and, you know, just to understand that not only tighten up your discernment, but also let go of some of that sensitivity because some of that sensitivity is really narcissism and that's never a good thing. You know, it's narcissism wrapped up in sensitivity. And once you kind of get over yourself, you can laugh at yourself and there's nothing wrong with that. So on that note, you guys, thank you guys once again so much. And I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.